0: Welcome. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT and the show. Happy New Year. We've taken a couple of weeks off and we got a ton to catch up on. I'm your host, Bob Spiel, hanging out with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week, we got Travis and Bailey in studio. Well, in remote studio, they're from CallHarbor.com. We're going to be talking about the dreaded uh, the worst absolute acronym in the history of IT, UCAS. But no, I'm just kidding. They uh, we're gonna be talking about Call Center, we're gonna be talking about all things. Related to telephony, there's a bunch of security stuff I didn't know existed. Um, should be very cool conversation for anybody in the communications field or anybody that wants to learn more about um, that side of the fence. Find us online, itinthed.com. Do us a favor. Give us a like on the social. Subscribe to us anywhere Find podcasts are sold. Uh, also, meetup.com. That's M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T, uh, slash IT in the D. You can find uh, – we're going to be on the, t- on the 20th of January. We're going to be at the Yield Saloon in Royal Oak, 5 o'clock. Until question mark, no speakers, no cover, just a bunch of IT folks talking shop. Hopefully, you can make it out. That is a cool venue, and there's tons of room for us, so we should uh, we should have a great time. And they have two dollar bacon on a stick, and it's uh, that, that'll pretty much be my dinner since I'm since it's January and I'm supposed to be going to the gym now. I'm supposed to not be eating sugar and bread, right,
1: Randy? You, you too. I'm I'm trying, but then I went out to Aventura and Ann Arbor this weekend and ate all of the carbs, so.
0: Yeah, I had date. We uh, our favorite date place is Cabin Cruisers in Rochester Hills downtown, yeah. and it's the best seafood place in, in my opinion in town. And yeah, we uh, we ate too much, drank too much, but that's what you're supposed to do during the holiday. I uh, I officially dubbed the week between Christmas and New Year's the taint of the calendar. Um, literally had no idea what day it was. I had no idea what time it was. Um, I just know I watched a ton of TV before we dive in with Travis and Bailey, Randy and uh, me. We have to. Uh, we watched everything. Both of us were under the weather. Thanks, Randy. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, Probably, I don't know. But we yeah. we literally have watched everything except Randy. You missed one thing, which is the greatest thing of all time. Apparently, if you yeah. haven't if you haven't caught up on Boba Fett. Uh, I just want to thank Mr. Fabro and Filoni for giving us this great treat. Um, Honestly, as a Star Wars nerd and geek in my entire life, I um I just thank you for just creating. This is like honestly one of the coolest things boba fett was so cool when we were little kids but he was only like on screen for like two minutes yeah. and the one kid that had the slave one uh i don't know you what do we call it today i don't know i know they renamed it but the one <laughs> kid that had like the ship was like literally the coolest kid in school it was like the only kid parents that bought him that and there was like one kid that had the millennium falcon but it was such a cool he was such a char- uh, cool character that got no play you didn't know how awesome he was at fighting or anything like that but now we're getting into like how he became to be and his origin stories and all that, and it's a super cool series. But I mean, we went. What we saw, you saw Spider Man too. I think Bailey, you saw Spider Man. You said
1: Spider Man, also right?
0: Spider Man also. Spider-Man 3 <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Don't correct my English. You know, I speak bad. Um, that was a great movie. Uh, now here's the thing I didn't know. Uh, Andrew Garfield was on Jimmy Fallon. Uh huh. And no spoilers. spoilers. Spoiler spoilers. alert. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah. He said, "There's a picture." Oh. Of you know, can you and he's trying to like back away from it and like why would Jimmy Fallon ask something like that? Which is clearly a spoiler and it like made Andrew Garfield like squirm in his chair and it was like super uncomfortable. Um, but I'll be honest, like I was super hesitant about seeing this one because I thought it was I thought part two with Jake Gyllenhaal was hot garbage. Um, but but the cartoon was amazing. So I'm like, all right. I'll get, if it wasn't for Mark asking me to go, I probably wouldn't go. But it was. They
1: they banged this one. This was this was such a. It was a phenomenal end of the trilogy. It was it was great. It was did a lot of things to set up and clean up the trilogy. It sets up where Spider Man's going forward. It also wraps up or brings back the potential for other Spider Man movies with Andrew Garfield and with Tobey Maguire. They're both said they were open to do more why Um, i mean
0: toby mcguire's like 60 why not you know (laughs) i don't know if he's that old well the trend they trend to keep getting younger so i mean i'm expecting a four-year-old in the next one yeah but -hmm. it was
1: great to see them reprise their roles and
0: i i'm so glad like i didn't like i know spoilers sorry if we ruined it for you but that was like the coolest thing man like i literally marked out i was like oh my god like you know and i and to be uh, to be fair i never wanted to see this the andrew garfield spider-man um because he to me he's the CFO of Facebook <laughs> from Social Network, yeah. And when they had him reprise the role of Spider Man, I'm like, nope, not seeing it. And to this day, I still haven't seen it. I
1: think he's the better Spider Man than Toby Maguire, to be honest. Oh, but see, Toby was, Tom yeah. Holland's the best, and then and then Andrew Garfield. And then,
0: but see, yeah, I had a Blair ball. Like ball. Uh, Letterkenny season ten dropped. It was only six episodes, but um, it feels like to me a lot of these series, like Cobra Kai especially, that they're just trying to cram the. They sign these long deals and they're trying to cram like garbage into like, you guys need to release a series and like, crap, I don't know what to talk about.
1: See, Hawkeye was also only six episodes. And to me, it felt more like a movie split into six parts than like six distinct episodes. Did
0: you see that meme, Randy? No way people are going to watch a 10 hour movie. They go, how about we just chop it up into 10 episodes? You watch it all at once. Fine. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I would love to go to the four hour movie at the theater as long as they put an intermission in like. I, I would sit through the whole thing as long as there's an intermission so I could go to the bathroom and refill my snacks.
0: The uh the Snyder cut I sat through and I didn't get I didn't move the whole entire thing. I was like completely glued, eyes wide open. Um Cobra Kai I thought the same thing. It's like I'm so happy to see it, and then it just eh, yeah. you know, then it ends like in an amazing note. It's yeah. one of those things where it's like you had the beginning, you had the end, you didn't know what to do in the middle.
1: Uh what else? I saw the Kingsman in theater. That's a good prequel to the Kingsman series movies missed that missed that. It looked good. I'll see it yeah. when it comes out on pay-per-view. And then uh, I didn't see it in the theater, but I watched the matrix resurrection on HBO. It's hot garbage. I thought it was just getting good. And I was like, all right, now it's going to really pick up and something's going to happen. And that was when no. the movie was over and nothing happened.
0: It was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, a, as I like to say, it was a giant bag of toilet. Um, I, I was, it was yeah. fun to watch the matrix again, I guess. Yeah. But it was no different than like I thought. Two and three were horrible. Yeah, um, there was no real anything.
1: different story to this part. It,
0: well, I thought it was like
1: more of the same. Yeah, I you know they they
0: almost got me in the beginning where I thought that was the real thing where the whole thing was when you took it a step back and the whole thing was just a game. Yeah. Right, and then I jumped it jumped back into jump back into two and three, and I'm like, eh, garbage. Yeah. So that's why I don't write movies because people like that do because mine would be worse. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're boring our guests. We I needed to catch up on all the all the garbage we've been watching. Um, Travis Bailey, how you doing? Thanks for putting up with our. I know I before the show I'm talking with Travis about Boba Fett and I'm all geeking out and he's like, "Yeah, Bob, I don't I don't watch Star Wars," and I'm like, <laughs> "Blasphemy." Um, let you you on the show anyway. Um, how you guys doing? Good. Thank you for having us. Good. So, Call Harbor, you guys are uh locally based. Um, founded in what '09, which is yep, relatively- two thousand eight. Which is relatively new, I guess, in terms of, you know, when you think of telecom and telecom companies, most of them, you know, I've known since the, you know, early mid-90s. I guess, talk to me about, you know, I guess, how'd you guys get founded? What was the, I guess, what was the uh, mission?
2: For sure. Um, So, actually, it all kind of started out in 2003. We started off just providing IT solutions to local Metro Detroit businesses. Um, in 2008, those is when we really started kicking off voice over IP, and that's when Call Harbor was born. Um, and since then, we've grown the voice over IP side of things so drastically that we've moved out of the IT space completely and just put all of our efforts into voice over IP. Uh,
0: is there anyone still left in Metro Detroit that still has POTS lines going on, or is it all?
2: I'm sure that there are. We we replace them all the time.
0: <laughs> and I, was, I, I thought the first time I heard what the acronym stood for was plain old tele- telephone service. <laughs> and I thought that was a joke. And no, that's the actual what the acronym stands that's for.
2: correct, yeah. And it's crazy. There's a lot of businesses that are still reliant on those old copper lines. You know, they're phasing them out as fast as they can. But right, still people plug in those AT&T phones right into the AT&T line and just let them
0: run. Well, that's it. the one thing that always makes me laugh, too. It's like, can you fax that to me? And I go, this is 2022. No, I'm, I'm not faxing it. No. I, I, I think we care. can all agree that we wish faxing just went away completely. And it doesn't even it doesn't the word doesn't even need to exist because all you got to do is go can you just uh, take a picture of that document and, and text it to me or scan it to me or at the worst case you, that's what you're doing you know because I mean a lot of people don't have scanners readily available but uh, you can easily send you the doc you don't need to and with Adobe Fill and Sign like I don't even open up my PC half the time when I got to sign something I'm opening up my app on my phone and sending it over that you know so I mean I don't even understand why that's still a word.
2: I don't know, and the medical industry is the one that's hanging on to that the most, I think. Which is the uh, crazy part.
0: And they're they're spending like a billion dollars for EMR solutions that they have to, but then they're like they care less about their network. It, it, yeah, I, every time <laughs> I go see my doctor, I'm like, I, I yell at them every single time. Like, no, I'm not faxing you anything. Don't even ask me. I'm like, what yeah. year is this? I feel like Robin Williams <laughs> with that big beard. What year is this? Um, yeah. I need to uh, I need to address the the elephant in the room, um, my the dreaded acronym, the most my most hated acronym of all acronyms, which is Ucas, and I know that's what you guys do, and I'm like someone like Randy, I don't even think knows what Unified Communications is, but now you're doing it as a service. Um, I want to dive into two things: a, how much I hate that acronym; b explain what the hell it is for people like Randy out there that are like been IT geeks their whole lives and have no idea what this acronym means
1: like I know what the words mean individually but as <laughs> altogether in a, I don't know what that means at all unified communications as a service I have no idea what that means
2: you know it's a funny thing and I don't really in our marketing we try and avoid using it as well because I think you know, your business owners and the mass majority of people out there aren't going to know what unified communications as a service means. Um, and also, it means something different between every provider out there. So it makes it really hard for somebody to understand what they're getting. If it's you like digital say,
0: transformation. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all these big buzzwords, big data, everything that's going on on the internet now. Sometimes you can land on a business's website and you have no idea what they sell or do. It's like regular like data. A it's just company. It's really big. So I think what Unified Communications, what every company is trying to push, the meaning behind it being is that you're trying to bring all of your sources of communicating with your clients into one place. So whether that's text messaging emailing, utilizing your CRM, all these different platforms and programs and ways of talking with your customers. You're trying to get it all localized where you can just see it all in one spot or at least have all of the data around that in one location um, just to make it easier on business owners. Now, that could mean something totally different from another company. Um, and I think that's why we try and avoid using it because it's a lot easier to say you're going to get phone, SMS, fax, all these different features instead of just saying you're getting ucas um the as a service it's the same as all the rest it's where you know a monthly fee gets you the service that you're paying for and you don't ever have to think about it
0: you know? yeah i remember when uh like when i first heard the team unified communication it might have been like 0102 yeah. and i went to this big sales pitch presentation where they bring the donuts and the coffee at the end of it i'm like oh that's it i'm like this is like some big deal but people were like building the entire companies that none of none of them exist anymore but like based on like bringing like two like fax and email and phone together like whoa like you know you can get your voicemails now as a wave file Woo! you know <laughs> it's, it was just like it was totally not um overwhelming but not i guess the stuff that's going on today there's i'm still learning some of the features um, we were talking before the show about the call center functionality that was like usually reserved for like, you know, the general motors and like the big huge enterprises, you can get the same features functionality and like for small businesses, two, 300 seat companies and the stuff that they can do now actually absolutely blew my mind. I guess, talk to me about some of that, like the, the, the stuff you can do now, like I'll, I'll give an example. Um, it's a, you know, in call incoming sales organization, few hundred salespeople. And, and, they can actually check and see if the, what the users are doing on their computer screen while they're on the phone. So if they're like dicking around with Facebook or like watching a YouTube video or like playing clash Royale, they can call them out on it instead of like paying attention to the customer. So, I mean, to me, that was one I was like, Oh my God, that's awful. You know, that sounds horrible. Um, but I understand as a business owner, that's very cool. Um, uh, let's dive into that let's uh, some of the some of the cool stuff that you could do now as a small business that like really haven't really seen it before
2: for sure and i'll probably let bailey talk about some of this as well because she's in the call center space and talking with a lot of our clients about it a ton but you know the, the main thing that we try and focus on and that a lot of small businesses are really looking to get nowadays is stats on what's happening without looking over somebody's shoulder. Like how you were saying, monitoring if they're going on Facebook or YouTube while they're on a call. Same thing goes for how many calls are they even taking in a day or how many calls are they trying to make outbound in a day. Um, And being able to see those stats without you know, watching that person or going and looking at call history all day long or getting that old AT&T bill and highlighting every line where you know that it was that person. Um, Those are things that aren't just reserved for large organizations anymore. And with the move towards, you know, work from home, remote workers, I know this is over-talked now um, regarding remote work these days, but even in office or multi-location, it's really important to be able to see those details without sitting there staring at your employees um
0: well i give i give the call center employees a ton of credit like if i know i'm on the phone all day and i know at any minute my manager can can chime in and listen and then yell at me afterwards how i screwed something up i mean i would be like sitting on like pins and needles all day um i think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it what what are you seeing in that avenue? What's, um, what are some best practices with, you know when you're call scoring and things like that? Just stuff that makes my, me cringe thinking about it. Because um, <laughs> if anybody heard me on, the, on a sales call, I would probably get, yeah, it probably wouldn't last very long. Um, but what are you seeing as far as best practices in terms of how companies are addressing that?
2: In terms of best practices, what I would say is you want to avoid the micromanagement side of it and look at the overall picture of things. Um, so what we mainly look at is a per department stat, what's going on within that department. So you can kind of, you know, tell if you're understaffed, overstaffed, what's going on there. Um, I, I, I feel like it creates a bad environment if you're watching what everybody's doing every second of the day, or you're nitpicking every phone call or listening in on every phone call. And that's taking up your time anyways, as a business owner, um, or even if you're handling their IT and you're the one who has to go in there and, give the report on what's happening. Um, The main thing is you want to look at it as an overall. You don't want to dive into too many details, but you want to get all the important stats. So things like, what's the average wait time when somebody calls my business? You know, what's the average handle time? How long does it take them to take that call, put them in as a patient or as a new sale and get off the phone with them? Um, You know, how many people are hanging up before they even talk to us? That's a stat that You don't really see on a analog phone
0: system. See, and one of the things that drives me nuts when I'm calling into like, especially, I'm not going to bring anybody up specifically, but you probably know who the culprits are, who I'm calling. But when I get transferred two or three times, I'm still repeating everything I said on the first call to the third call. And I always thought there was ways to like, when you move my call, all my notes and stuff moves with me. Like, is that, are they just asking it to like, for security reasons to figure out it's still me? Or is like, or they just have crap technology and and don't know.
2: That's a mix of technology and training. So I, I think everybody has the tools now to be able to kind of pass along what your initial call was about and get that over to the next person. But that's one thing that we also monitor for is how many transfers are there? Because so if we can get it where, you know, you call into a business and that first person you speak to solves that problem for you. That's a lot better than you being transferred five times. So it's about asking those proper questions, but not being, you know, a crazy auto tenant where you have 19 options to reach somebody. You don't want to keep on speaking and hearing the fake keyboard noises over and over again.
0: Right. Um, No, the all-time worst of all time, Randy could probably agree with me, is when you're finally transferred to that fifth one, and then it just gets dropped. And you hang up, and you're like... (laughs) I want to, whatever I have in my hand, I'm it's going to get broken. in like like literally. You're making
1: progress. You're making progress. You're like, right. this is going to be the one who can solve my yeah. problems. And it just well, hangs up.
0: Then you have to call back and explain, like, I was on hold for 14 minutes. I'm on my fifth transfer. Can you just, like, <laughs> and then you have to yell Rep- representative, representative in the automated thing. I mean, they've they've created these things so poorly to make you hate them. Um, and I know they think like, "Hey, we're gonna save labor by having an automated intro," but it just, yeah, I think, I think, I hope most people have caught on that people hate that with a passion.
2: I think most have. It's, uh, I think that feature slowly going away almost, which that's how it is with everything. There's, um, like how we we're talking about UCAS or all these as a service companies. It seems like every company on the planet wants to do everything nowadays instead of focusing on you know, what they do best. So whether that's, you know, Slack for like team communication or, um, you know, Facebook for social media, there's all these companies that want to do everything and be your everything.
0: You Um, just brought it up, Facebook. Yeah. They weren't happy just being social media. Yeah. Now they're the metaverse. (laughs) Uh, uh. So
2: I think that's confusing to people in general, just seeing every platform, every service, every website you go to, they do everything.
0: And I was like, Google already awesome owns my problem. life. I don't need Facebook owning my life too. I've already <laughs> handed I've already handed my soul to Google. <laughs> they know every tra- every move I make, everything I look up. They probably know me better than me. Um, but yeah, um, so I guess talk to me about how you guys are addressing it. What make are you doing anything unique? Or are you just trying to streamline the process? What when you're talking to a customer, and I guess you know, again, everyone's trying to be everything to everyone. What are you guys doing? That's uh, that differentiates from anyone else in the market?
2: You want to chime in on that, Bailey?
3: Yeah. Um, I'd say one of the main things is that a lot of companies are not going to care about the small guy. As far as us, we kind of fit in well with the small and medium-sized businesses to the point where we treat our you know, 10 seat companies the same way we treat our 500 seat companies and a lot of those small guys get forgotten by the big companies as well so all the features that we offer we offer them to the same price no matter what size and i think that's something big that a lot of people forget about is that the small and medium-sized businesses deserve to be able to utilize those call center features the reporting and analytics they're important to businesses of all size and they can utilize them in different ways that a lot of people don't even know Um, even like reporting and analytics as far as like a company that's doing a marketing campaign if they have a different phone number on their Facebook ad as they do on their billboard we can help them track how many calls are coming in to the specific phone numbers so that they know where to spend their budget as far as marketing dollars and every dollar matters to a small business when it comes to their marketing you know maybe the big guy can afford to just throw their advertising everywhere but when you look at those reporting and analytics and you can really apply them to small and medium sized businesses, I think it makes a really big difference. And the customer is really happy in that sense.
0: Sure. I mean, yeah, and that's one of the things I was like, we're doing a marketing campaign now for my day job. And we're like, dude, different numbers, different email addresses. Yeah. So we can kind of figure out, all right, what's working, what's not, who you know, what are coming in. Um, but yeah, no, that's good. Um, and Travis, I know you mentioned before you were talking about uh tele like telephony security um didn't even know that was a thing. I've been in and around data center and i t security my whole career and I'm like, wait what? And you yeah. mentioned a couple of things and I kind of threw me a curveball um let's 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 open that can of worms
2: for sure you know so it's it's something or it's something that not a lot of companies think about whenever they're you know, setting up their in-house phone system or even signing up with a hosted VoIP provider or UCAS provider um, is the fact that, you know, there's a lot that goes into it in terms of security. Just like how you worry about your servers being wide open on the Internet um, or somebody breaching your network, you still need to worry about the phone system that you either have in your office or hosted by another provider. Um you know, so there's, there's a lot of different things. There's toll fraud, there's traffic pumping.
0: What's let's stop. I, let's stop. Cause I don't know about, I've never heard of any of these. What, what is toll fraud? Is it like spoofing the number to like charge to them and not to you?
2: Yeah. So what, what toll fraud is actually someone will essentially how desk, let's start off with how desk phones work. So desk phones just have a username and password and they connect to a server. And that's how they're able to communicate with the outside world and your phone system and things like that, whether that's in your office or through one of these hosted providers. What happens is somebody will get that username and password, just like how they might get your email address, username, and password, and they send out all those spam emails. Same thing happens with phone calls, except for they start calling Zimbabwe. Um, and all of a sudden, in literally a couple of minutes, you could rack up tens of thousands of dollars in minute usage. Um, because as you know, these desk phones or SIP phones have advanced, now you can have as many calls as you want on a single user or a single phone. So they'll start sending thousands of calls at once out of that single registration or user just to rack up those costs
0: for you. Now, what do you do to prevent that? Or what are you guys doing to thwart that?
2: For sure. So the, the main thing that, you know, whenever you're looking at other providers or setting up a phone system yourself is making sure that you're using randomized passwords everywhere. That's going to be the first kind of point of defense. The next thing would be auto provisioning, it's called, which is how a desk phone gets its username and password. So if you have it set up on a free PBX box at your office or if you're using a hosted provider, that phone that you plug in needs to know how to work. And there's going to be a file that it receives with a username and password. Making sure that you're sending that over a secure connection with SSL. Um, and also making sure that you can password protect that file. So that first time that that phone reaches out saying, hey, who am I? It needs a username and password to even get that information. Um, so those are a couple of things that are really important when you're You know, first setting up a system and maintaining it long term is making sure that that information that's on that phone doesn't get leaked out to somebody and that they can't use it. A couple other things that providers use is blocking countries in general from accessing their servers. Um, You know, if you're signing up as a United States business and somebody, you know, over in Japan starts trying to utilize your phone, um, that can just be blocked right away. Um, But it's also a lot about uh, monitoring patterns with these different, you know, companies as well as people who are, you know, hacking or performing these acts. Um, So one thing that we utilize and a lot of other companies are starting to utilize is honeypots. Sure. Which is essentially fake phone systems out there sitting on the web waiting for somebody to attack it. And then as soon as they start getting that fake data then we immediately block those IP addresses
0: from our network. How prevalent are telephony honeypots? A, never heard of it before, which is, this is great. B, like, is it? are these common?
2: Yeah, so there, there's a lot of honeypots out there. And the main thing about them is that they have no real users on them. So you just want something sitting out there that has no reason for anybody to be talking to it. And it just waits for that SIP traffic, which SIP always comes over 5060 is the port it's on. As soon as it sees that, then that distributes out to everybody subscribing to these lists and everybody starts immediately blocking it. And that's one of the better ways to stop this fraud. Um, One of the crazy things that we've seen happening to a lot of providers and even just phone systems in general is that there's so many of these people trying to get into these phones or handle toll fraud and things like that, that will actually bog down phone systems and host avoid providers to the point where, you know, your phone system might not be usable, even if they aren't getting into the phone, just because they're sending so many attempts.
0: I would have never even thought you could DDoS a phone.
2: Yeah. Just by trying to send login or fake calls over and over again, we've seen it where there's, you know, thousands of calls happening at once, just fake calls rolling in on phone systems. And that's, something you have to you got to block it at the source it's just like a ddos attack it's just and sip essentially so it's very interesting to see
0: what else in the uh security world i know you're starting to talk about some other stuff and i made you deep dive into that but is uh i'm 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 completely intrigued right now on the on this side of the world with uh with with security measures on on uh, voip what uh i guess what else are you guys looking at or what else do you see out there
2: one crazy thing kind of related to this is that you might not think about is, you know, I'm sure everybody's kind of seen those sites like freeconferencecall.com. Sure. Where you can get Does a conference. Still it still exists. And the crazy thing about those is that they aren't actually free. Um, what they do is there are a couple places in the United States where there's so few residents that um, the actual phone system or let me step back there. The actual um telco in that area charges a very high rate per minute for anybody calling them, so picture it like the old days if you called long distance, you get that added fee onto your bill now, since everything's unlimited, it's actually the telecom company getting that bill. Those per minute charges still exist in the back end, and even if you're a small business or medium sized business, and you have your own phone system, you still see those bills per minute there
0: is there just gambling.
2: Yep. And the crazy thing is, is so what they do is they'll actually set these companies like free conference call. They give you a phone number inside of one of these regions where the permanent cost is crazy. And then they hope that you start utilizing that for your business. And in the end, you know, T-Mobile or AT&T or whomever you're using for your telecom is going to actually get a crazy bill just from you calling into this conference bridge that you thought was just some free thing
0: randy write this down we got a new business we need to start <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous no seriously that's you know again first time i've heard of this this is uh yeah that's ridic- i remember using that all the time with 10 years ish ago yeah um haven't used it since because you don't need to um, and a lot of providers
2: yeah. have start blocking it is the crazy thing so even if you call from your cell phone it might just not go through now
0: oh no kidding nuts Well, what else you got, Travis? We're going to, you know.
2: Yep. So another thing that, you know, is kind of top of mind right now in the VoIP world or the telephony world is stir shaken. So you may have started seeing things roll out on your cell phone or even getting news about it that um, essentially spam callers are going to get blocked. You know, I'm calling you about your car's extended warranty. Hopefully that goes away over the next year or so
0: um it's so- been quiet lately i'll give them that yeah but I mean, <laughs> you think though here's the thing though they they kind of get they tip their hat because the same npa nxx comes over which is the you know your area code and your first three numbers yeah and then it's a different last four numbers so you know when that call comes in you know like i have one friend i think brad randy is on my same first six numbers yeah and so like I, i'll hang up on him all the time now wow. it's not now his name's in but um you'd think they would learn a different way how to do that.
2: Yeah. So the thing that's changing in telecom, and it's going to be a big change once it's done, um, is essentially every phone call that's going to be going out and in through telecom or out on the PSTN or publicly switched telephone network, it's going to be signed with a certificate. Basically rating that call saying, you know, we know who this person is and they're allowed to use that phone number. So right now, if you spun up a free PBX system event at your house, um, you could just put down any caller ID you want. So if you want to start calling from, you know, your favorite burger shop, you can start calling out using their number if you want to. And that's all changing starting now. So now there's going to be a need for proof that you are allowed to use that number. And the other carriers are going to verify that you have that proof that you're allowed to use that number.
0: What about in like certain situations where like, I know people with like Google Voice, You know, they might have an office here, but they're setting up a a New York number and L.A. number so they can say they have three offices. Yeah. And then they start doing, even though, you know, because everybody's remote now anyway, but they can say that they have physical there. Is that still going to be fine? I guess what, you know, does that change anything?
2: So I think that's part of the hard part about this whole rollout and why it's going to take some time. Um, So there's a couple things around it. There's, you know, those forwarding numbers, as we'll call them. Um, you know, where you might be making outbound calls, you aren't in that area, um, or maybe you're even making outbound calls on behalf of a company. So, if you're doing marketing for another company, you need to use their number. Um, so, what we're seeing a lot of providers and ourselves doing is that, you know, we need to get basically a letter approving that you can utilize that number. So, you're going to see that in a lot more places. The other thing is that there's a lot of phone systems out there still hosted by small businesses. That aren't going to go and set up set up stir shaking themselves, um, because it's, it's a lot of work. You got to work with the government on it. You got to pay a bunch of fees, um, so it's going to take a while before you see every call being signed with a certificate. What's so, with the
0: martini reference? <laughs> so, what was that? No, it was, I said, what's with the martini reference? Stir shaking, whoever, like whoever <laughs> came up with it was drinking at the time. Bar I don't asleep. know. <laughs> Somebody came
2: up with it somewhere. I have no idea why it's called that. I'll have to look that one up now. It's kind of like the UCAS thing. You just call it that. You don't know what it means, but it means something. right? Right. Um, So one cool thing that a lot of companies are doing, which you've probably seen on your cell phone, is they'll say spam call popping up on the caller ID. So what that is, is that's kind of like the honeypot situation that we're dealing with, with these toll fraud situations. So, They're having phone numbers out there sitting, waiting for spam calls. And when they get them, they lower their reputation score. They say, hey, that looks like a spam call. Another one gets that same call it lowers it down even more. And then pretty soon, once there's enough of that number being used for spam, all of the carriers just accept, hey, that's a spam caller. And that's why you'll see it says spam likely on your cell phone now.
0: No different than email. You know, I got a client that was sending out 50,000 emails a day and they got they got blacklisted and they said, how do we get off this list? I'm like, you don't, you don't send out 50,000 emails a day. Yeah. You know, that's on you. So, I mean, it's pretty much same principles apply from email. than they will be doing from this.
2: Yeah. Same idea. Enough so, people report it. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. just all monitoring reports, things like that. You know, I think that we can all agree that the car extended warranty kind of got a little bit out of control. Um, so everybody's kind of so rushing get- to do what they can to stop
0: it. Now. I get three phone calls a week to uh get rid of my student loans and for one i'm 48 and for two i never had took out a student loan so i'm like how? how I, however i got on this list you know what i mean um,
2: and i like messing with those guys that call me too i don't know if you guys ever do that but it's the yeah I, thing. Speak,
0: I speak german <laughs> um, yeah and because German's such a weird language all you have to say is something like you know you know, has me know, And it just means why are you calling me? You know, can Like, I don't understand you. It's just it's such a impolite, polite language, you know. So like you know, but I'll, I'll mess with that. And then I got in a bad habit for like a week. Um, I just would burp at them. Yeah. Um and I because I, I want to get them to crack and like say MFR, because they're always those <laughs> you you know, you MF-er, uh, which is always my favorite that I won, you know. Um yeah. But, like, there's so many. There's a YouTube channel with a guy that talks like an old lady and messes with them for hours. I've and seen you, that. Awesome. You just wonder how, like, are people still sending them that much money where it's still profitable and they have these massive uh, inbound spam centers?
2: They must be getting enough money. And the sad thing is, I think it really affects more vulnerable groups um, that are falling for these scams. And I think that's why everybody needs to really work together to solve this problem.
0: My dad got hit with it, and I'm like, Dad, why are you talking to people? Like, I yeah. don't know why? And it's like, you're just home all day and you got no one else to talk to. You yeah. know? And I was and, like, come on.
2: And their scripts have gotten pretty good, too. You know, they're calling from Ford, they're calling about your car's warranty that's expiring in a few months, and they just pull all the public records on you and know what car you drive, how many miles roughly you should have.
0: They always called like, me about my, uh, my uh, Malibu. God, what year was it that I was an HP company car? I didn't even own it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
0: And I'm like, why are you, what car are you calling? They're like, oh, the whatever, the 08 Malibu, 06 Malibu. I'm like, that I didn't even own that. That was an HP like fleet car. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, it's just bizarre the records, but they never call me about it at my Volkswagen. You know what I mean? Like the cars I drive now. Yeah. It, it's it's weird crazy.
2: I don't know how much money they make from it, but they must make a lot to be able to do what they're doing.
0: Well, the one thing that's going on now is, um, one of our clients, some, they, they didn't tell anyone they were moving. Um, I know a lot of this stuff is public record with title and everything, but like they were getting spams already from like moving companies. Like I'm talking within the hours of them even remotely pulling the trigger. So like whatever systems they got going on in those public records, they're getting pulled quickly and getting acted on quickly. Yep. It's nuts.
2: So hopefully, uh, all these little reputation scores and stir shake. And we'll put an end to this, you know, maybe in a year or two, we'll start getting extended warranty calls and they'll just come in the mail.
0: Um, or just, or just call me from your number. Yeah. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean?
2: Like <laughs> if you're a real business, from. you can use your own phone
0: number. Right. That's a, you know, I might answer. I might not leave me a voicemail. If I'm not home, you know, same 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 rules apply. Right.
2: Yep. Um, I think those were the main things that I want to talk about regarding security.
0: No, I love it. This is a, uh, no, it's a different, uh, the stuff in the beginning, like I said, it never really dawned on me any of that stuff. Like I said, you know, we've been working on the other side of it for a very long time, but you never think yeah. about this side of it.
2: Yeah. Um, you're always thinking about very, the firewalls absolutely. for your office. Absolutely. But not and your then, phone Yeah.
0: I, identity management and all, all that stuff that goes, over, Yeah, all the rules that go apply with that. But yeah, definitely. It's definitely cool conversations. Yeah. So uh, we can find you online, callharbor.com. You got it, and uh, get to speak to Bailey. Is that who said two words today? I'm just being funny.
3: I <laughs> was a very prominent character today.
0: Okay. Fine. No supporting cast. It's it's just it's, it's you still get a rolling credit. <laughs> I mean, speaking, you know, bad the bad movie pun. But Travis, you got to do me a favor if I ever talked again. Uh, you got to get ramped up on Boba Fett and Star Wars. Otherwise, we're just gonna you know. You're not going to understand any of my references. I know there's the people I work with. There's a, we got a bunch of, you know, sub 25 year olds and I make eighties movie references all day. And they're like, Bob, I have no clue what you're talking about. So I sit there and I make them watch these YouTube clips. I'm like, this is airplane airplane was in 1980. Then I always get to, that. that was before I was born. I'm like, oh, you're watching it right now. It exists in the, in the, in the real world ether. Yeah. So I have a bunch of those arguments with the, I have fun with it though.
2: So many good old movies.
0: Oh, you, they're never going to make them again. Oh, they're, they're remaking them all now. But you know, I
2: know it's everything's a two or a three or a four now,
0: right? If you look at like from eighty to or like even like seventy eight when you like seventy seven was Jaws and Star Wars up through like eighty six, just the, the list of movies that were just brilliant. Um, Bailey needs to watch Caddyshack. That's that's her new the thing for the for this week her homework. <laughs> that's my favorite movie. If you don't like it, that's fine. I won't I won't hold you to it.
1: Um, um, Speaking of remakes, did you hear they're remaking The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as, like, a drama? That was fake, dude. No, that's real. It's happening. So, like, that trailer, that
0: fake trailer, like, someone actually said, let's do it?
1: Yeah, and Will Smith uh, producing it, so it's called Bel-Air. I think it's gonna be on um, Peacock. There was nothing worse
0: in the world. Like, I love the movie Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox, and when MTV came out with Teen Wolf, I was super excited, and it turned out to be, like, some bullshit Twilight teen drama and i was so angry you have no idea how angry i was i love that <laughs> series I, of course you do i love it of course you do i watch riverdale too my I daughter do. was my daughter was watching riverdale and i hear like archie and jughead and i go the blue hell are you watching <laughs> like riverdale i'm like that's archie comics no it's not a teen drama
1: riverdale is definitely a uh train wreck
0: no kidding <laughs> So <laughs> oh, anyway, Travis Bailey, I sincerely appreciate you guys' time. Callharbor.com. We'll put uh, all the info on how to get a hold of you guys in the show notes. Um, but seriously, appreciate the insight. Appreciate the stories. Um, love getting my world open up to stuff I didn't know existed. So this was a, this was great time spent. So appreciate it. And uh, we're going to wrap things up for this episode 423 of the IT in the D Show. On behalf of Bob and Randy, do us all a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it.